Okay, we're back for the Juby Take. I'm Steve. I'm Adam. Uh, TJC. Take it from Heather's here. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so we have we have them back again this week, two weeks in a row. Becoming less rare. That's, it is. That's true. Which is great. It is. It is. The podcast I felt last week was awesome. I loved it. There was a lot of laughing. Yeah, it was good. I listened to it uh, right away, actually. I was yeah. happy that you got it out because we talked about getting it out before. Yeah, before I had to get it out before Game of Thrones. Yeah, Absolutely. that was good. And I must say that I was pretty close. You weren't, you weren't far off. I mean, obviously, you know, as far as the person that came to power, you know. You I, I missed that. You but, missed that a little bit, but. But Tyrion is the hand. Yeah. Okay. All I know is Heather was mad at me the next day because I was so close. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited that the thing that happened was something that none of us said. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go. Epitomizes that show, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so tonight we are going to talk about the, well, relatively, you know, the three greatest experiences, moments that we've had individually. And I think some of them cross over. Yeah. I know that, that I was, uh, uh, you guys were at most of them for you, me. Yeah, you guys are a family, so. Yeah, we kind of well, spent yeah. some time together. <laughs> But there's also one you were at that. Oh, nice. Spoiler alert. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> once again. Uh, so anyway, so we're just going to go around and do one at a time of, uh, you know, a little bit of explanation as to why this was such, such a, a special moment, you know. Well, so what you did though, in your, uh, your text to us, to our, what equates to show pre-production. Right. Yeah, <laughs> is yeah, one yeah. text. Yeah. Uh, you said uh, we're throwing out the obligatory, you know, birth of the children, anything really to do with your weddings. significant other yeah. weddings, things of that nature. So we don't, you know, thank you. And, and thank also you for that. just, yeah. you know, and sorry, Alex, I have to throw this out there. No sexual, ex, uh, you know, exploits <laughs> or anything like that. So, exactly. you know, that, that can't be that. That so, made it very hard on my list. So I'm I sure. That. Yeah, you. I know. Your, your top 20 are... <laughs> well, we don't have to get into details. Yeah. Well, it would have to be things you experience yourself and not watched on anyway. Okay. Well, right. <clears throat> never mind then. Okay. So, uh, let's go around and uh, let's start with the youngest. Because okay. his are probably the least interesting. Hey, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, Adam, go ahead. I guess I'll take it out. Uh, so, um, so when it comes to my three, I think I'm going to start with one um, for me that uh, it, it was when I was younger. I think when I was when I was the youngest was this uh, in this one out of, out of my three stories. Um, uh, back when I was younger, I played a lot of baseball, and uh, I went to camps every summer. And uh, there was this one particular camp that I went to, and every single summer I would go there. I had the nickname Candyman, um, and uh, and it was great. I had a lot of friends, and you know, knew everyone well. What um, was it? What was the uh, genesis of that nickname? Or is that your story? Uh, no, no. The the it came from the first day I got there. Everyone got nicknames, so uh, it wasn't yes. like I was special for having a nickname. But everyone got nicknamed. Mine came from the hat that I wore when I got there. I had um, at the time my mom worked for the Candy Emporium, and she had. Um, a jelly belly hat. Nice. And I wore a jelly belly hat 
to that's a bold this move, man. Baseball camp. That's, yeah, that's a bold move. That's a confident kid wearing oh, that hat. Oh man, what, <laughs> did I not know what I was doing? You're 10, 11. Yeah, I it, yeah something oh, like that. Elementary right. school, um, just about to go into to to middle school. Um, so the obvious follow up question is, do you still have that hat? No, no, I don't. I oh. that one, yeah. It would have been a good one to keep and hold on to. Man, I wish I would have known that about a month ago. Considering that it, you know, is part of one of my greatest moments ever. <laughs> um, but so, you know, in this camp, um, I went to it quite a few years, and this is one of my later years in this camp um, when I actually started getting good at baseball. Um, well, in my eyes, um, and uh, so in this day. Um, you know, we, we pick our teams and, and then during the team, uh, after we get our teams together, we choose who is going to pitch for those teams. There's usually two pitchers, um, per game, uh, on the team. And, uh, then, um, you know, obviously everyone bats, but, uh, so in this game, I, I got chosen as a pitcher. I never pitch. I, I'm not a pitcher. So in that I ended up going out there and I think I threw the first four innings or so and I threw a no hitter. Wow. Nice. And that was surprising to me. I mean, I was just the guy that went up there and just tried to chuck the ball as hard as I can towards the catcher, and hopefully he could catch it. I uh, have no idea how it happened. Uh, I really don't think if I ever, at any moment in time during my life, tried to go out there and do it again, I couldn't. So how old were you? Um, I would say I was probably 13 11. almost at that point. Well, you're, you're in my later years of doing it. Yeah. Okay. So are you playing Little League also or no? No, I, I don't believe... I, at the time, I wasn't... Um, I, again, I didn't feel like I was good, good enough to play in that. Okay. But as well, I was also coming... In, during that time, I was coming and visiting down here during the summer, which okay. was kind of right in the middle of baseball sure. season. Yeah. And so a lot of times, you know, the camps were perfect because I could go to those, but then the seasons were a little rough for me to play through. So you don't know any better. Correct. Okay, I love that. Go ahead. Um, and so I end up, you know, throwing, um, you know, uh, no hitter through those four innings, which is awesome to me. Um, the part that made this specific instance or experience or moment so great um, was my offensive game at the time. I ended up hitting a cycle at the same game. What? You threw a no-no and hit for the cycle in one game? <laughs> yes. Wow. That's... um. And that was incredible. I don't, yeah, again, one of those moments, like, I don't think I could ever do it again, but I remember feeling like a rock star that day. Nobody mm -hmm. will ever do that. Yeah. Well, that's that's where you just, you know, you just drop everything, you hang up the, the jelly belly hat right. and say, this isn't that hard. I'm going to go find something harder to do. Exactly. Because I, I got this. Yeah. I can just do this. For, so I, those, for those of us who don't speak sport. Correct. Yeah, sorry. Um, so obviously the no-hitter, I pitched it and no one hit off my pitches right. um, when it comes to the cycle. Okay. Um, I hit um, a, a single, I hit a double, I hit a triple, and I also hit a home run. So I hit one. When you were at bat? Correct. Wow. Yeah, I probably had four or five at bats. So Ross almost well, at least four. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that yeah, it was incredible to be able to wow. to play that well in, in that moment. Um, you know, was again, everyone just like, Man, dude, are you gonna go pro or yeah, what? It was it was I mean and, and I throughout it I wasn't known as that baseball guy. Were you ever there was hoisted? guys there that were Did no, you get hoisted? I wasn't, I wasn't oh. not. No, that would have been robbed cool. of the hoist. Yeah, should we, we were young. Should I don't we think hoist you were, now? I, I don't think they should. were that excited for me. I think everyone might have been a little jealous that I was <laughs> that good. 
at least on that day. Dude, that's way cool. Yeah. So that, that moment for me, I, it sticks with me today and I will forever remember that. And that will be one of my shining moments. Are you ranking these? That's not your third best moment of your life, is it? I put that. Yeah, I guess so. I I did kind of put the, the, the one I felt was not as, uh, cool or you know eh, whatever oh, first that's oh, i'm excited to hear your other two now yeah well me too they will be amazing but that was my first <laughs> that's great yeah so joe what was your first memory or experience are we going counterclockwise i don't know yeah why not sure all right i stated earlier we're going by age so <laughs> oh that's oh okay i thought you just meant to start cool uh so i had a list that I went through when you brought when you finally divulged the topic, and so I started to compile a list, and now I just whittled them down as we were getting ready. So I threw out things like, uh, you know, winning the football championship and quitting smoking and all these dumb things that don't really mean much to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, those are pretty amazing. You know, things. I I also had a baseball one on here. I hit a home run. That was a pretty cool experience in a, in a ballpark that had a fence, which was oh, people don't best. get how rare that was where I grew up. We just had yeah. cow pastures in the outfield. Yeah, yeah I, played, I played in a lot of those where yeah. there, there's no fence. And yeah. The only way you hit a home run is to run. Yeah, you just run your butt off. But I hit one over. The, that was actually, I'll briefly get into that. I was at bat. One of my friend's dads was right behind the dugout. I took a couple of cuts. I don't remember what the count was. He said, Joe, got my attention. And I looked back and he said, pick up that back elbow. You get more power that way. And the next pitch, I put one out of the, my only home run I've ever hit over a fence. Hey. Uh, but uh, so I, but anyway, that's, I'll call that 3B, I guess, since I went into it a little bit. Uh, but I'll go with my first uh, one I'll say is when I was about, about that same age, about 12, 11, something like that, I lived on this little pond. Uh, I lived in a trailer park up in the woods in Northern California, and it was, there was a little pond right next to it, and that's where I spent all my time you know, fishing and swimming and stuff, certainly in the summer. So one summer I was down there and I'd got this five foot piece of fishing string with just a little hook on it with no bait. And there on one end of the pond, there were these big pine trees that had sort of the bank had eroded and they had fallen in two of them right next to each other. One before the other one was really old. One was fairly more, more recent. So anyway, I would, I would walk out on them into, you know, from the shore out, you know, 30 feet, 40 feet out into the, the pond on these limbs and I would sit and I would dangle this five foot piece of string with a hook on it with no bait and I would catch little bluegill and perch and stuff that were swimming under that tree nice and it was fun and it's just something to do and so to back up and preface this there was always the hunt for you know the the equivalent that I draw is from the grumpy old men movies catfish hunter (laughs) the elusive (laughs) well this was a bass and it was my dad and I just called it the granddaddy you know, you got to catch the granddaddy because we had largemouth bass in there. And I would catch some bass, but they were always small. Anyway, I wasn't anywhere interested in that at this point. So I'm out there and I'm dangling this hook and I get a little bluegill on there and he's swimming around. I just got him on the hook. He, they just bite hooks without bait on them because they, yeah. they're shiny. And so I got him on there and he's swimming around and I'm like, and all of a sudden, you know, Lake Placid style out of nowhere. This <laughs> friggin' nice reference. Three foot bass, three foot, three pound bass just wham takes that bluegill and just boom and it almost pulls me off the log. And I kind of, you know, lurch and I pull up and I just grab him and I pull it out. And there's this big, about a three pound 
largemouth bass. And I'm, I don't know what to do, and I'm not steady on my feet, and I can't, I got to get back to the shore. So anyway, long story short, I get back, and I run up the hill. You know, it's about 150 feet or so to my trailer. Just holding the fish the whole holding way. Holding the fish just like this. <laughs> just how, as I pulled them out, my arm's tired. And for, yeah, for people who can't see it, of course, it's a... Oh, holding it up. <laughs> yeah, holding it up. Yeah. Holding yeah. it up like, like you would a fish. So I think people get it. I run up. I, you know, I'm so excited because my dad and I have had 35 conversations at this point about how one day we're going to catch that bad boy. Yeah. And uh, I bring, I go running inside, and he's sitting there watching TV or whatever. Dad, dad, look! And he goes, "Oh, wow! Look at that! Throw it back!" Oh! <laughs> I looked at him. I was like, "Yeah, okay." And I ran back down and you know, <laughs> let him go. Pulled him off and threw him back in. Yeah. Well, you're not going to eat a largemouth bass. I guess you could, but it's. Why? Yeah. Yeah. You want that, you know, to hopefully have babies and make more bass. And, well, yeah. Yeah. Catch them another day. Exactly. Although, <laughs> that was probably the last perch he ever ate. He, settled, <laughs> he had to settle for ducklings. The bass used to eat the ducklings in yeah. the pond. Yeah. Anyway, Aww. so that's it. Yeah, nice. I know. Yeah, sad, huh? Very sad. Yep. We used to, I, I've seen that happen. Maybe yeah. that should have been my number three. The hey, day I saw a bass eat a duckling. I don't know if that counts as the greatest <laughs> moment, man. But that was a but great moment. It may have been a great moment for the bass, but I doubt if it was a great moment. It was pretty cool for me. I couldn't hey, believe it. It would be interesting to watch. That's for sure. I think nice. I was about seven. My mind was blown. Nice. Wow. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Nice. It was good. Good story, guys. Well, I am going to... I sorted my story... Um, by years and so I'm going to uh, hail back to 1997 and um, I was involved in a show called Of the Icing and it was part of the Oregon Festival of American Music which was an annual theater and music festival in Eugene, Oregon and the performances took place at the Holt Center which in Phoenix, Phoenix's equivalent would be the Orpheum. So, um, which is a big deal. It's a a main theater where you go to see really right. the really main good, theater. Yeah, yeah. really right. good shows. It's, it's where all, it's where all of the the big name Broadway shows would come. Cool. Where the music performances, I and mean, that's the venue that you went to. So, yeah. in Eugene, Oregon. That was that was the place, and it's a beautiful theater. It really is. Um, is it old? Do you know? It's not. It's not historic, but the um, the design on the inside is very old world. Okay, cool. So it's beautiful, like the Orpheum good, Theater. Good it's architecture. Very, very ornate yeah. and has box seats, and you don't at all feel like you're in an upgraded high school auditorium. Right. It's really beautiful. Oh, totally. Um, I'd been on that stage um, a couple of times in the past, like for graduation and, and that type of thing, but never to perform um and i was cast as the chambermaid in of the icing um and i was paid oh nice (laughs) which which is amazing um i absolutely love performing i love theater and it normally costs me a lot of money to be in a production (laughs) this time i was paid not not a lot but um, it was it was pretty darn amazing. It came, yeah. it came with a contract, and I was very overwhelmed. It was definitely not my best audition. I was involved in another production at the time uh, called Noises Off, which was a very 
um, physically tasking production. I was very tired, and um, I remember I went over our our neighbor was a piano teacher and an accompanist, and I'd, I'd known him for quite some time, so I could rehearse my audition song. And his comment was, go back home, take a nap, get up, take a cold shower, and drink lots of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I was... I was I was tired, so um, I I went to the audition and I was cast as the chambermaid and I opened up the show. It um, it was absolutely amazing. I think we only had one performance um, because that's the way that the festival ran. But it was um, it took a lot of concentration on my part to get out of my head when I was backstage getting ready to go on stage and just realizing where I was. It was very... Is this your first show? No. Oh, okay. No, it wasn't the first show I... No, no. My first show, I was probably eight. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) um, Was it your first paid gig? um, For the most part, yes. Yeah? Yes, I'd done a lot of community theater beforehand, and I'd done some little things here and there where, you know, you'd get a little bit of money, but this was first, like contract by far the biggest check. crowd that you had been performing in front of or no um, at the whole center it's a lot quite a few people yes so i yeah 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 nice i i would think i think a little added yeah, pressure yeah probably it it was it was overwhelming and i was um i just i was so thankful for the opportunity and and the support that i i got from my family and my mom came down from portland and my uncle paul and aunt blanche came down from portland and saw the show and um it was and it was did, an amazing and did you kill it um i actually flubbed my line nice <laughs> of course you did <laughs> yep i flubbed i flubbed my line and and my the dialogue in that scene set the tone for the entire show Ooh. and i flubbed it a little bit um, the other actor that was on stage, you know, picked up the pieces and, and we mm. put it back together. So, you know, the show went on and, and it was fine. But I, I do remember when we um, uh, finally uh, got to the theater to do our, our first rehearsal on stage. When I walked on stage, I just broke down and bawled. Oh. And it was it was really sweet. They were like, are you okay, Heather? Are you okay? And... You know, others around me were like, no, it's just her first time performing on this stage. She's oh. fine. <laughs> but I just, it, it was an amazing experience. That's super cool. Yeah, Very cool. It was really cool. Nice. Steve, your turn. Okay. So th- this was difficult for me because I just have had such an amazing life. <laughs> That's and, true. And so, you know, some of the stuff that didn't make the cut, and I, you know, I, I've walked two daughters down the aisle. Sure. Okay. So those are pretty amazing moments, but those yeah. that's that's an easy moment, you know. Well, I, mean, I think those can fall under the heading of, you know. Yeah, significant other and Yeah, that you whole know, you thing. married you children, know, marriage and children and that yeah. kind of stuff. So my number 3 is going to be and it kind of on the heels of Heather talking about her acting career and singing and she's a great singer. And when we first met, you know, I'd always wanted to sing. I always wanted to be able to sing and I was horrible. I could not sing and not true. No, no, it was true. And I was actually kicked out of a karaoke bar in Tokyo because I sounded so bad. 
Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. Wait, how does that happen? Yeah. That's crazy. Well, and this, this isn't a bar. This is you, you rent rooms. And there are places like that here, as Zach did it, I guess, the other day, where you actually rent a room and you have the screen and you sing for yourself. So oh. spoiler alert on your number one, you were kicked out of a t- uh, karaoke bar in Tokyo. Yeah. That's obviously your number one experience. I'm, I'm not saying it's number one. <laughs> But anyway, so, I mean, it just, it, it, horrible. Yeah. You know, Chris and I were thrown out. These people ask us to leave. Ouch. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, so, okay, over a period of time, you know, Heather loves to sing karaoke. So, we would go and sing karaoke. Right. And the, the song I kind of settled on early on at trying to do was Margaritaville by Jimmy Buffett. And... I don't know. In my mind, there was at least a dozen times that I started the song, never finished it once. I would lose my way. I just, I, I, I would think I was horrible. I just, it was, it was just a nightmare. You just kind of, you know. And because Heather's so good, the places we would go, the, the people that ran the karaoke knew her. And so through her, they knew me and they were always very nice and all of that. Well, I eventually got to the point where I could finish the song. Well, okay, fast forward a few years, and we had left Eugene, and now we live in Las Vegas. Right. And... 1999. Okay. No, 1998. It doesn't matter. Well, which is it? (laughs) Okay, so Jimmy Buffett is coming to town, and he's playing at the MGM Grand. And back in those days, the MGM Grand had a theme park back behind the casino. Oh, it was super cool. Oh, yeah, you... You've oh, been there a bunch of times. Spent, yeah, I spent a lot of time there. Well, the day of the concert, the Parrotheads took over the theme park. So everything is Jimmy Buffett. Oh, yeah. Okay, and there's, you know, drinks flying around everywhere, and, and everybody's got the, you know, the, the crazy Parrothead, you know, hats and, and all the weird stuff. Tropical shirts and it's, it's a margaritas. Party. It's party, and there's thousands of people at this place. And it's, it's great. Yeah. So we're walking along and there's a stage. And, and again, you know, we'd been there a bunch of times with the kids and they had a performance stage where they would have different people, you know, do different things on a, on the weekends. So at this particular time, they have a karaoke guy up there and they got the all machines and the big speakers and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, you know, hey, you know, does anybody, you know, want to come up here and sing a song? You know, let's do some Buffett songs. And I, I believe there was a, a guy singing when we first got there. He was horrible. And there was about, I don't know, 15 or 20 people standing just kind of watching. And most everybody was just walking by. Mm-hmm. So Heather, in her supportive way, said, go do it. Get up there and try. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I guess. Why not? So I get up and I'm just terrified. I'm so nervous. Well, I sing a song and the crowd, you know, all of a sudden now there's 25 people and the guy goes, oh, hey, we got somebody here that, you know, can sing. So, hey, do another song. Well, at that point, I'd know, I knew almost all the Jimmy Buffett songs, his old stuff. So I said, okay. So, you know, I do Cheeseburgers in Paradise and I do... Fins and I, you know, come Monday, come Monday, 
and just one right after the next yeah he just keeps he just keeps asking me it's now the steve show he, he keeps asking me to do another song steve's building a crowd at this yeah, point right. the 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 passerbys who were not paying attention to the stage at all people are now stopping sitting down getting a beverage sitting down and completely focused on what was going on i'm looking out there and there's you know there's a bunch of people now hundreds <laughs> wow and hundreds and you know he just keeps asking me and finally i got to the point the adrenaline that i, I don't know if you've ever been to that point but my legs were shaking sure i couldn't control my legs i thought i was going to fall over so i did i don't know four or five songs six songs whatever and I said, uh, that's it for me. You know, thanks. Huge applause. Good you know, night, folks. All the, no kidding. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, from a guy that back in the day wanted to be able to sing at right. some point, now I've sung Jimmy Buffett stuff to parrot heads. Right. To, to rousing applause. And, and they love it. And yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's like, thanks, Steve, you know. And, and so... I go back to the back of the crowd, you know, people are, you know, patting me on the back, you know, yeah, okay, all this kind job. of stuff. And I go to the back and stand next to Heather and try to get my knees, you know, to unlock and stop shaking. Well, we then at that point started walking through the rest of the park. And then we decided, okay, let's leave. And you got to go back buy this to get out. And uh, this is where it becomes unbelievable because I'm, we're walking along and there, there's a, pretty good sized crowd now standing there and watching all this all of a sudden somebody goes steve's back <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah this was amazing and you know and, and all of a sudden it's like steve's back steve's back get him back up there you know and, and the the guy that's the djing it you know he goes, steve get up here and i'm like oh okay wow so i go back up and i do like three or four more songs and it's it's crazy I'm just like, okay, this, this couldn't be any better. And finally I, I start walking off the side of the stage and this woman grabbed me and, and she goes, listen, my husband and his brothers are going to go up and sing a Jimmy Buffett song and they're horrible. <laughs> Will you sing with them? Oh, that's funny. And I said, tell you what, you know, and by this time, you know, I'm first name basis with the DJ guy, uh -huh. you know, so he hands me another mic and I go, there's a ramp on one side. So I go down about halfway down the ramp and they're up there singing and they have me turned up mostly <laughs> and, you know, and they're just wailing, right. you know, can't really hear them and I'm singing with them. Oh, that's fine. But I didn't want to be up there singing with them, you yeah. know. Give them the moment. So, and after that, and I remember the drive home and I just remember thinking that, okay, if you ever have a desire of something that you don't think you can do and you can, it turns out you can, and to have this situation yeah. work out like this, it's like, okay, I, I don't ever have to ever sing a song again. I, I can die now because this is just the perfect day. Man, yeah. that's so, awesome. I love that story. It, it, was, it was phenomenal. And this is before uh, camera phones and, and yeah. all of that. And I'm, it's just Steve and I. We didn't have, you know, any right. any other friends with us. And I'm just I'm trying to make eye contact with anybody who let me go. That's my husband. Right, right. And, oh, I, it just it it was thrilling. My legs were shaking. I mean, I was woohooing yeah. my little heart out, and there he was, my rock star. <laughs> that's yeah. so cool. So, oh yeah, that was a good moment. Man, that's heck, a good one. Heck yeah. Oh, well. um, 
you know, going into my next moment, uh, you know, this isn't necessarily one that made me feel like a rock star, although I that was my first moment. These are these next two for me are times when I just I will never forget, you know, this experience and, and where I was and what was going on. Um, you know, I there was uh, there was one particular moment. So the, the next experience for me was when I went to Europe. Mm. Oh, that's right. Um, Keep forgetting you're a world traveler. Yeah. I've, I've been quite a few places. Uh, in this instance, I went to London, Paris, and Barcelona. Oh, just those three? Yeah, that okay. was it. Um, you know, going to London was absolutely incredible. Obviously, seeing, you know, the architecture, seeing the, you know, the, the buildings, Big Ben, um, you know, you know, the big, you know, monuments that we all are aware of. Um, the, the moment during that trip to me that stands out the most um, was when I saw the Eiffel Tower. So I, I had actually um, was going through, you know, we had been in Paris and I hadn't seen the Eiffel Tower and uh, we went through the, the metro, um, you know, and uh, ended up going, um, you know, to the subway or whatever it was. And then we came out from the bottom of, you know, um, from the ground and, and we were right next to, I, th- I forget the cathedral, some huge cathedral that... Um, you know, was right to the Notre left Dame? of us. No, I don't believe so. Oh, okay. Um, it's a good guess, though. It is well, you know, I <laughs> one of the big ones. Uh, so this one specifically uh, was huge. Couldn't see anything around us. So we kind of walked around the building. And I just remember as I moved around the building and started, see- I didn't even know that the Eiffel Tower was there. So it kind of caught me off guard. And it was right where I could see all the fountains leading up to it. And it was standing there. And I mean, if it's one of those things that if you have never seen it and the moment you see it, doesn't matter how old you are, what you've seen in your life, it is insane. And it is amazing. Nice. And, uh, and, and in that moment when I was able to kind of walk around that corner, just kind of encompass just like and how, just bam. how great every moment in that trip was to see, you know, Notre Dame, to see the Eiffel Tower, to see Big Ben, to see all these great uh, Sagrada Familia in in in, uh, in Barcelona, you know, all these places that are in incredible, you know, the architecture or just you know the the story behind it, and um, you know that for me that moment was kind of it was incredible. Nice. Yeah. All right, that's my, my number two. I like it. Merci. My very well. My number two. So years ago, when I first started uh, to date my now wife, Butterfly, shout out. Uh, she was living in Flagstaff, going to school with a friend of mine, and so I went up to visit her one weekend. And she had made friends with a bunch of Flagstaff hippies, is because that's what you do when you live in Flagstaff. Is <laughs> as you yeah, know, we've so. got one that lives here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. One of these weekends I went up and she's like, okay, you know, the guys, there's a bunch of guys because that's who she likes to hang out with mostly. Uh, they're going to go play some disc golf in the, in the woods and do what hippies do before that and, you know, then have a fun time. And so I'm, I was down with that. So I'm like, whatever, you know, I'm here to see you, but let's go, you know, disc golf. That sounds like fun. That's the Frisbee golf thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That sounds like fun. I'd never obviously played disc golf before or since actually. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and this is, you know, 99 ish. So we go up and, uh, we meet her friends and they're all very cool and we hang out and, 
we do what hippies do beforehand and we go out into the forest and they're like, okay, here's what you know. And they're like teaching me and they're like, yeah. And they're like kind of disc golf guys are like, do you know? So this is what you do. And this is the course. And it was through the woods and it wasn't the chain ones that you see in parks and stuff. It was just trees. Right, it's not a set course. Right. It was just trees that were marked. Oh, okay. They, they had marked trees in the forest and you had to hit, you know, between a high and a low mark on a tree. That's all uh, you had to do was hit the tree. That was the That's the that's hippie yeah. uh, disc golf. Yeah. Super hippie disc golf. Yeah. <laughs> Which is already very hippie. So anyway, we go out and do that and uh you know, I'm just start playing and you know, <laughs> it was one of those things where they're like, Okay, what you want to do is you wanna try and, you know, just do your best here, man. It's it's cool. You know, we'll, I'll show you kind of what it is and they'd go and they'd do whatever. And then I'd, you know, throw the, the disc and it goes zipping through the trees, like way past theirs. I'm like, I don't know. Is that good? Is that my, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No, that's your, that's a good, sh- you're in good shape now. Then the hole's right over here. So you want to hit that tree with your next one. I'm like, okay, we get up, you know, and I grab the thing. Okay. Now they all throw and they miss and you know, they're whatever. Oh, is it that tree? The one? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. And I throw it, hit it. Bing. Is that <laughs> like that? Is that what you're supposed to do? Hit it. Yeah. And it, the whole day was like that. And I just kicked the, excuse me, Alex, kicked the shit out of all these Flagstaff hippies in this in disc golf. I mean, I dominated the whole day. And then, you know, it was like at the end of it, it was like, okay, well, that is that is that cool? I mean, did I do good? You know, They're like, yeah, yeah, you did great, man. Thanks. Yeah. So you're the guy that everybody hates because everybody thought you were a sandbagger. Yeah. You know, oh, it's probably. like you, you, you'd lived your whole life. It's like going out and playing regular golf with some guy going, is this the end I hold? Yeah. You know, right. and I put the ball where and where am I supposed to hit it? Oh, right. God, it went in the hole. Gosh. How did that happen? High score. Right. Did I win the game? What yeah. does that mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. That scene from uh, Grandma's, Grandma's Boy. boy yeah. He's like, was that good? Did I break it? Did is I break it? it? Yeah. What does high score mean? <laughs> yeah. But it was I wasn't sandbagging. I, like I said, no, that's I, funny. I haven't played before or, or uh, yeah, before or since. And I'd like. Well, to why ever play again? Yeah, exactly. I, you know. So you didn't even try to let your girl win? No. Oh, oh. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever try to let anybody win. I'm not super competitive like with other people, but I do like to be good at stuff. Like that's my favorite thing. In wow. Life. Okay. Now that. <laughs> <laughs> that could possibly be a cherry at some point. Yeah. I, I don't I don't really want to beat other people. I just want to be better than they are. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to win. I don't well, want to make anyone feel bad. My, I just uh, want to win myself. That's my move is I'm I'm good at things that I got no business being good at that I've never done before or that, you know, it's just I've done that several times. And yeah, that was, you're good at other things too, so stop it. That was the quintessential uh, moment of <laughs> of just kind of, beginner's luck really is what it was i'm sure if i went and played again i'd be terrible but i won't so yeah <laughs> i'm sure it was absolutely thrilling for them to watch you play yeah exactly <laughs> that's right <laughs> i don't know i mean in those moments i think you're it's exciting to see someone thrive you know they, they were pretty before, cool about I mean. it you know i liked i liked <laughs> the idea of them being real sour about it but they weren't they yeah. were hippies. they were high as a kite yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you exactly. couldn't have brought them down with no chainsaw no they were the coolest dudes ever so it was like eh. right on yeah so they were kind of happy for me which was also kind of cool yeah that adds to it for sure (laughs) nice but kicking the crap out of the flagstaff hippies at disc golf (laughs) hey there you go (laughs) that's right all right so um my next moment takes us to 2004 tempe arizona uh tempe little theater Mm. production of george washington slept here Tempe Little Theater uh, was one of the East Valley's 
oldest operating community theaters. They're now defunct, um, but a great, great little family theater that um, I had become involved with. And I was cast as Rena in George Washington Slept Here. And during auditions, the director said, now I have one more role that I'm trying to find the right person for. She said, now this, it's not a speaking role, but I need a young lady to walk down the stairs and with her smile command the room. Mm-hmm. And I said, do I have the daughter for you? And Marie Ann Juby joined me on stage. And she was miraculous and she did mesmerize everybody with that smile. Um, we were there and she did steal the show. Oh, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Carrie Lynn Juby was our property mistress. Stephen Gerald Juby was our refreshment coordinator. Yeah. Zachary Osborne Juby sold water. Still has the record for most water sold. Yeah, that's unbreakable. That's a Wayne Gretzky record. At a te- Tempe event. Yeah. He helped, to <laughs> yeah. Com- he helped to completely fund the Tempe Little Theater um, memorial Scholarship at Arizona State University. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So, Jocelyn Roseanne Juby was an usher. That's right. Your whole damn family was involved. Yeah. And um, I believe you came for one show. And Did I helped. come and help with the lights? She's pointing at Adam, not me. Uh, yeah. Right. Or me. And Adam Christopher Juby, I pretty sure was down on visiting and and came to what did you help with lights? i just think i maybe was up in the light box i don't i don't think i like help with them but i okay. think i was up there okay i think i remember that yeah did you push any buttons not on that show yeah. i did i did work a uh, a light you know lighting for a theater in my middle school though. Well, all right. so i was experienced i knew what i was doing up there <laughs> he knew what a light was <laughs> And it helped you to see people who were on stage. Right. It was a good view. It, um, so it, all of my worlds collided at that moment. My, my love of theater and my love for my family. It was, it was all there in one happy moment. It and was a great show. I remember enjoying it thoroughly. And of course, the fun of things like that is, even if it wasn't a good show, but it was, like we're just always there and excited to support friends and be, you know, wow, it's, you're almost like a celebrity because I haven't been to a lot of plays. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's Tempe. It's a theater in Tempe and there's a lot of people there. And it was a nighttime event and everybody got together and it was, yeah, we went out and then there were, you know, flowers and all that out and stuff. And the, that was really cool. And like I said, it, <laughs> Marie, I'd, I hadn't known her very long. I think she had just moved here within the year or so of that yeah. show probably. I just recently met her. Yeah. One of my now favorite people in the world. And she was like, it was so funny. That scene, she stole that scene. Absolutely. Oh, she was fantastic. Yeah. I knew she was going to completely nail it when I was, I was telling the director about her. I said, I'm not that she's not just because she's my daughter, but I'm telling you she'll nail this completely. And she has experience acting. She has experience on stage. So yeah. it just, it, it was, it was phenomenal. It was, a it fun was really a fun show. I'm glad that's one of yours. That's, yeah. I wondered if it would be when he let off with a theater experience. Well, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's great. Mm. Okay, so uh, my next one is uh, has to do with sports. And 
it has to do with uh, with Zachary playing football. And I hadn't been around a, a high school football field in, I don't know, 20 years since my brothers were playing uh, back in Newport. And Zach decided he wanted to play football. And he went out as a freshman, made the freshman team, played his sophomore in the JV, and then as a junior, he was on the varsity. And the moment that I'm thinking of was one particular game that was, it was actually nationally televised by ESPN. And it was against uh, Desert Vista, yeah. as I recall. And Zachary was playing for Corona del Sol. That's correct. So uh, it was a night just like tonight. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Desert Vista was, was highly regarded. I think they were ranked nationally. But the uh-huh. big draw and why ESPN was there was Devon Kennard, who was the star of their team. Mm-hmm. And he was hurt and didn't play that night. But the, the big moment, and, and I went to every one of Zach's games. I watched every minute of every game, uh, not only in high school, but in all of his college games. And it was always important to be there. And, and I always noticed there was some point, and, and Zach and I didn't react a lot. You know, it's not like he looked up at me all the time, you know, or yeah. clear. Anyway, so, but there was always that moment uh, when Zach came out on the field that he looked up and saw me. And that was always nice. You know, it just, it was that moment. And it goes back to, I think, all the kids oh, and yeah. all the games that I've gone to. So anyway, this one particular night, uh, it's a very close game and there's a goal line stand and Zach is a defensive lineman and Desert Vista is inside the five and they are trying to punch it in to take the lead and they get it down to the two, then they get it down to the one and on fourth down they try to score and they get stuffed. And Zach's right in the middle of it. Yeah, he's a defensive tackle. He's right. A, he's so he's inside defense, interior defensive lineman. He's right. the, he's the gap plugger. Yeah, he and Todd Pete are, yeah. are the the two big guys in the middle. They they stuff him. Yeah. Okay. So Corona takes over. The defense comes running off the field, and they're you know high fiving and jumping around. The team greets him and hugs him and all of this stuff. And the fans are going crazy, and we're all standing up there, and. Zachary turned and looked, and you were there, Joe. Yeah, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. And pointed up at me, just like in the movies. Yeah, right. And I pointed at him, just acknowledging each other. And, yeah. and that was the greatest moment in sports for me. It's, that, it's every time, you know, I was there, and I've heard you tell that story a couple times, and every time I'm just like... <clears throat> <clears throat> man, yeah, it's, really like, gets you. it's a good one, man. That's that's like you said, it's out of a movie. Yeah, and like I said, it just it, it was never before, never after. Yeah, uh, but just in that moment, and with that, you know, that great play, he had submarines underneath the offensive lineman and stuffed him, got in the backfield, and was a big reason that you know that they uh, they didn't score. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, for the juby takers out there who aren't into sports, it's. It's not just that he was part of it. He he is. Anytime you play football, you're just part of the team. But in these particular cases, it's like being the running back on offense. You're the number one guy. Yes, all the guys have to block, and the running back then can hit a hole and score. But on defense, the first 
point of attack is the interior defensive lineman in a goal line situation because everybody and their mother knows they're handing it off or doing something with between the tackles. They're yeah. they're trying to shove you into the yeah. end zone and you're trying to get yeah. into the backfield. Exactly. Man. And it's their their yeah. job is to move those two big guys out of the way so the linebackers whatever they do is a moot point at that. And, yeah. you know, so anyway, it's it's the most important in a in a goal line stand the defensive tackles have the number one job. So, yeah, that moment you know was just a a great moment. I mean, I enjoyed the all the times that you know I go and watch I still I go watch the grandkids now and and you know being a spectator it, it's so much rewarding for me more, more rewarding for me than anything I did as a player or anything that I did myself and you know it's interesting that you were talking about your the home run you hit yeah over the fence I bet it was 10 times better for that guy that that told me to pick up my back elbow oh yeah you know what I mean? But I was just, it made me think my first home run over the fence, my dad was the umpire. Really? Yeah, I was eight. I just started playing, and there was the Little League field. Yeah. And Jesus, you had a home run as a yeah, I was like, old? Joe's like, I only did it once, and it was amazing. <laughs> and I had and already I, had facial hair. I had never really, <laughs> could never. I had really a little know. goatee thing going, yeah. that's why I kept it all I these years. I lied about my age to stay in that league one more year. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's. You know, and that's the only the only game I ever remember him umpiring or coaching or even being oh, around. Oh, that's cool. So, that's cool. Anyway, nice. Not to upstage you, but I you did. Well, I already <laughs> knew that was going to happen. <laughs> so, anyway, so yeah, that's that that's is. I happen to be fun. there for that one. You alluded to it earlier, and that was a pretty incredible moment. I, yeah. That's why I didn't bother trying to hang. I knew that one was going to be there. Right. <laughs> Um, man, uh, definitely good one. We've had a lot of good ones, uh, tonight so far. Um, you know, going into my next one though, um, yeah, mine comes into another, another trip that I had taken, um, in my life, uh, going to Barbados. There was, it was a family trip. Um, we'd come into some money and, uh, we, um, there's an elaborate story of why we went there and, and, and everything, but, um, you know, we, we went to Barbados and we, uh, for those who don't know, Barbados is, uh, Iowa suburb, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, <laughs> Barbados being the easternmost island in the Caribbean. Yeah. Right. So it's half just of the island, Venezuela, yeah, yeah. half of the island is, yeah, um, on the Atlantic ocean. The other half is on the Caribbean. Okay. Um, so, you know, one half the island has, you know, waves crashing over and the other half on the other side of the island, is just, just calm. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Um, but you know, the whole trip obviously was super amazing. Um, we spent, uh, 10 days there, I believe. Um, and, uh, you know, we stayed at, um, a hotel the, the first couple of days that we were there. Um, and and it was great. It was cool. It was a nice experience. You know, we, we were able to kind of see, um, you know, uh, a different part of the island than we would have if we wouldn't have stayed there. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a resort place type hotel or no? No, nah, this was not, not a, full, a very... Not a, not, a, not a full out resort. Okay. Yeah. No. Just, a, just a hotel. A hotel on right the on, island. Yeah, right on the beach. Right okay. on the beach. It, was, it, was, it wasn't the nicest place, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, but... Uh, it was great for what it was and it was great for the moment. And, um, and what made it great too was, uh, and, and that I think because of what it was made the part to me that the, was the moment 
amazing. So we went through and we had those first couple of days where we were in the hotel and it was amazing. I mean, we were in Barbados. Sure. So everything is incredible. You know, we're looking at the beach and we're looking at, you know, just the, the layout and just how everything is and the people and just in awe of what's happening. But, you know, after we were done with that, we packed up and we went to the house that we were renting. Um, La Paloma was mm. the name of the house. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know what play, that means a, in a Spanish? Place, a, no, I have no idea. The Paloma. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, 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 I just hadn't, um, you know, places don't have names here, you know? Um, right. So the moment to me that really made that was when we walked, we drove up to the house and the house was, it looked great. It was awesome, but it was when you went inside, you first enter the house and you're in a stairwell. And, you know, there's some beach stuff around, but it doesn't look incredible. It doesn't, you know, you don't get to see what is going on from there. So we, we walk upstairs and as we walk up into the living room, just the feel of the house, the openness, the, the, the view of the beach I just felt like I walked into heaven. I felt like we were just in paradise. I guess that would qualify as a big moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, it was it was pretty amazing. And just walking through that house and seeing it just kept on unveiling it to be better and better as we walk into the, the, the dining room to see this huge grand table and this amazing chandelier above it, you know, into each room to see that there's an air conditioning unit in each one that, you know, you know, we, you could cater to what you wanted and right. each bedroom had yeah, its each own room unit. Had yeah. its, oh. And then, you know, obviously you go down and there's a game room. There was more bathrooms than there were bedrooms. We had a game room. Uh, it was just an incredible house, an incredible moment. I, I, you know, and I'm sure you guys can speak to, to anything that, that stand out to you. Obviously we were all there, but to me, that has to be one of the best moments of my life. I, I hands down. I, and then for me, uh, I, I did kind of rank those, you know, my three moments in, 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 you know, kind of not importance, but just how they rank to me as far as experience. And, um, that one just rose to the top because of obviously what it was, but who I was with, because going into Europe is amazing. It's great, but you know, and I could probably put that up there with anything, but Barbados surpasses it because I was there with my family and we were, you know, experiencing it together. So nice. Well, it was. And, and one of the most amazing things, because we had planned for months with this trip. And one of the amazing things, you know, to what you're talking about, you walk into this house and you just look and it just unfolds. And it's just, it's two stories and it's gorgeous. And it was a little bit better than the pictures <laughs> right. that we'd been oh, looking absolutely. at for all of these months, you know, going, you know, just please be half sure of what this looks like yeah and it was even better and it came with a cook and a maid and, and a laundry lady yeah and she yeah she'd iron our sheets every day and, oh yeah. but the the ac the you know that you, you mentioned that the ac in each room yeah well we'd we'd spent a few nights at the russ trevor right which was the hotel okay that's, and, yeah. the, and there wasn't ac at all and it's humid sure it's not tremendously hot it's just humid yeah so when we got to the house and, you know, there's an individual unit in each one and the boys, Zach and Adam had their own bedroom and they made it a meat locker. I swear they, they kept it down in the sixties. Yeah. Crisp 42 <laughs> degrees. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Just leave the milk out on the It was great. Oh, yeah. I, I especially needed it once well, I You couldn't leave it out because oh, it would yes. freeze. <laughs> yeah, right. You had to put it in the fridge to keep it. Yeah. yeah. It, it is funny that I, I I choose that moment when I've never been sunburned more worse than I was oh, on that trip. You, yeah. But I still find, I mean, that moment obviously, you know, was just an amazing oh, the moment. Grandeur. Just being able to see it in yeah. the unveiling of that house and where we were going to be for the next few days. A local guy came oh, yeah. by... Um, on his wave runner and saw how pink you were yeah. and went back to his house and cut some fresh aloe vera no. and brought it back a to us. A big leaf, yeah, bought it. Yeah, that was and, yeah. and that speaks to the people of Barbados. Totally. Didn't you they guys have, are, uh, didn't you have like your a driver that you hung William. out with? Yeah, William was a cab driver that when we, you know, the, the initial thought was to rent a car uh-huh. so we can get around the island. Yeah. And but then you see the way they drive there. No and way. it's just crazy. It's, it's insanity. Yeah. And so I decided, all right, um, let's just, you know, take cabs. Well, when we were standing at the airport looking for somebody, you know, because I think the, the count was sixteen bags. Three wow. three sets of golf clubs. So I mean we're we're yeah. a big group here. And uh so I started talking to William. Okay, there were nine of us. Yeah. And so I started talking to William. You know, I said, listen, man, you know, we're going to be here for two weeks. And, uh, you know, if, if you'll take care of us, then, you know, I'd like you to take us everywhere. You know, every time we need something, you know, we'll, we'll call you. And, you know, I'll make it worth your while. And he was really nice, great personality. And we ended up befriending him. And he actually came to, you know, we renewed our vows on this trip. Yeah. And he and his wife came to the ceremony. Oh, that's cool. And also we went to Oyston's on Friday night, which is a big celebration. A lot of locals and whatever the, you know, fishermen catch that day, they bring it in and they cook it up and there's live music. It's not much better seafood than what you get in Oyston's. It was, (sighs) it was amazing night. And he and his wife, they, you know, I paid him to, to drive us down there, but then he just parked the cab and he and his wife hung out with us. Oh yeah. Showed us, okay, that's the best, you know, tent to, to get this food and this is good and spent the two weeks with us. So awesome. Yeah. It just, it couldn't have been any better of a trip. And the one thing that stands out to me on this, and it's one of the reasons that it's not on my list because it, it should be, the look on everybody's face the first time they went down, because right in front of the house, we're right on the beach, mm-hmm. right in front of the house is a coral reef. And you go out there, and the first time your face goes underwater with a mask, and you see the thousands and thousands of fish, every kind of color, every Everything. kind of thing going on. It was picture perfect. It's, it just, you don't know it's there until your face goes under the water. And for the... 10 days that we were in that house almost without nonstop each day, there was at least one or two people down snorkeling all day, every day. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Sounds like a paradise. Yeah. And in, in fact at night as well, and we actually went and bought some to a a local surf shop or something. Yeah. We went to a dive shop in Bridgetown. Yeah. John and, and Heather and I, and one of the kids, Jocelyn, Mm -hmm. We went down and bought more masks and fins, snorkels, and also a light, uh, and some underwater cameras. 
mm. you know, just disposable underwater cameras. Mm-hmm. By the way, don't buy them. They don't work. Yeah. Uh, great idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, so everybody could go because we took some stuff and there were some things in the house, but we needed more. So everybody could go. And, and there was a turtle that would come in, mm-hmm. you know, a big tortoise and not tortoise, turtle, yeah, sea, sea turtle, turtle, sea turtle, yeah. sure. sea turtle yeah. that would come in and swim with us. I never actually ended up seeing it. I never once yeah. saw it. Wow. I was the elusive turtle to me. He was amazing. Yeah, yeah, he was. At you know, at one point, he just he's right in front of me, and he's just staring at me about a foot and a half away. And we're just looking at each other, and I'm like, I, I'm going to go wherever you go, dude. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I, it's, you yeah. Don't, you're not following me. I'm going to follow you. Yeah, and he just way. he just looked away, turned, and th- that particular day it was Heather and Marie and I, and the three of us just followed him for probably a half hour, forty minutes. So how cool! And then the last couple of days, the waves came up. Yeah. So in this house, they had some sea kayaks, you know, some smaller ones. So we jumped on those and started riding the surf in. Oh, nice. That was amazing. We could talk all day about yeah, no, that, that one, so we should probably move. Yeah, that, <laughs> that trip is definitely one of the best. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys have had some great experiences, no doubt. And, yeah. you know, I thought we were going to get a little bit more profound with these. So my number one, I mean, yours are great, but they're a little shallow. So my <laughs> number one, you know, don't feel bad. I didn't. I didn't realize what this was when I picked it. So... I'll just get into it. So several years ago, again, I'm just probably within the first year or two of dating my wife now, Butterfly, and we're out at the bar. And I actually don't recall if she was with me, but it was in that era. And my friends are playing darts, and I'm just hanging out at the table, kind of getting drunk. And uh, the greaser comes up, and you know he's a friend of mine, and he's... He decides he's playing darts with these other guys that we don't really know. They're just other guys at the bar. And so they're doing their thing. And again, I'm just hanging out with my friends and we're all just talking and drinking and this dart game's going off, going on on the side. And uh, so at a certain point, now I'm, I've been there for a little while. We've all have, and I'm pretty, pretty drunk at this point. And the greaser's like, all right. So you're telling me I need three bullseyes to win, right? And so, you know, I'm kind of like overhear them and I just spout off. Yeah, well, I could do that, you know. It's a good thing I'm not playing because I'd not, whatever. I just start talking. <laughs> oh, yeah? He turns and he just hands me the darts. Go ahead. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, fine. Well, I get up and I guess you could probably see where this is going or else it wouldn't be a story. I proceed to throw three bullseyes in a row. Wow. And then I just sat back down and kept talking. Yeah. <laughs> Drop the mic. That's yeah. Exactly Jeez, right. Take man. that Flagstaff hippies. That's right. Um, dang. That's yeah. insane. Yep. Just got up, three bullseyes, sat back down. Yeah. Is that that was it, right? You that's what you needed? Okay. Nothing I'm, else needs to be said. I'm done here. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> oh man, Joe. That's a good one. That's the number one one. So yeah, you know, he just he never played darts since because what's the challenge? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, no, it's can never do better than you did that day. Nope. Yeah, that was peak. I peaked that day in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> Sad that it was almost twenty years ago. Probably was twenty years ago. Anyway, that was it. Nice. You could do it now. Uh, we had a dartboard out there, man. We yeah. do. All right, get the camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna record it later. 
Check back on our website. Oh, yeah. So um, my number one is 2005, our family trip to Barbados. Um, my mom had uh, passed away in January, and uh, there was a little bit of money from her estate, and Steve and I talked long and hard about, you know, what's the, the best way to handle this money. And we firmly believe that you spend it on the ones that you love and you make the memories now because who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, my dad passed away before I was born. So I never had the opportunity to meet him, but he was a world traveler. He was a merchant mariner. He'd sailed the world, seen a lot of places, been a lot of places. And the one place where he wanted to spend the rest of his life was Barbados. And in the early 60s, he and my mother and my brother uh, were planning on moving there. They um, had, were purchasing land, and that's where they were going to go and, and live out the rest of their lives and, and be happy. That was their dream. And unfortunately, that fell through um, for a number of reasons for them. And um, then my dad died. And... Um, when mom passed away, I just, I thought, you know, I want to be her eyes. I want to fulfill that part of her life for her. I want to, you know, fulfill that, that missing part for my brother. And it's, it's a way to connect with my dad. So, um, I, I grew up with, um, a little rock that has Barbados written on it. And it was a, a rock that my dad had uh, brought back from his travels. And um, in 2005, Steve and I, our five kids, uh, our son-in-law, Nick, and our cousin, John Juby, we all went. Yeah. Yeah, once I heard the story, because I hadn't really heard about that. I didn't know. Of course, I've heard this a million times. I didn't know that you had that emotional connection to it. That's That makes yeah. it even more well, special. You know, because, you know, like Heather said, you know, the idea of, okay, what are we going to do? And when she, you know, told me the story, cause like I said, I hadn't heard that about the connection to Barbados. I'm like, well, that's where we got to go. Yeah. And so, uh, the planning was probably about six months. You know, it was, you know, what's the best place to go? What's the best way to go? And we familiarized ourselves as much as we could, but the whole idea was, you know, to go to, you know, where her parents were going to go. And thank God they didn't want to go to Des Moines. I know. <laughs> yeah. This Sec wouldn't be Second a very Iowa good story. <laughs> well, you know, and, and it just, it, you know, when certain things click in yeah. life. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I started looking for flights and I was able to find flights on Delta from, you know, Phoenix to uh, Bridgetown, Barbados for 500 bucks. Jesus. How long is that, that trip? Well, it, you have a layover. Sure, you got in so Florida we had, or yeah. something. And honestly, we need to have a Barbados. And, we, and the plan is that we're going to get Zach and Marie and, and you know, whoever. Skype in John Juby. Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. Um, and talk about that trip because there's so many different aspects to that trip that are, are just fascinating. Yeah, yeah you should definitely do a but podcast. When, but when everything, everything just kind of clicked, uh, you know, we had purchased the tickets. Uh, I checked on them, 
you know, we'd, we'd purchased them and we'd had them for a couple months and, and I checked on them to make sure that everything was still good and found out that they had canceled the flights that we were on. Oh, so I get a hold of Delta and I'm like, okay, what are you gonna do about this? Well, we have different dates. So it actually was going to be a week, then it was going to be 10 days and then it grew into two weeks. And that's kind of the whole idea why we stayed at the Ross Trevor for a couple nights because the house was only available. We had expanded from, from having it for a week to 10 days, mm. but then we couldn't get it for more days. So we had to stay at this hotel. But I tell you, the, uh, it just, everything fell into place. And, and for me personally, and you know what, we're just going to make this mine <laughs> this too, because we're, we're running over <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. I've got some others, but that's, that's for another podcast. I had, I had done a lot of flying for business and done a lot of flying by myself. And there were so many times where I'm sitting in an airport by myself waiting for the flight and I'm looking around and I see all these families and just thinking, you know, God, I just, that's what I want. I, I want to take my family somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so when we finally got to that point where, you know, we've got passports for all the kids and we've got all of our stuff. And, and, and really we had, I think it was 15 or 16 bags. Mm-hmm. I mean, an entire cart, you know, we spent, I don't know how much money we spent just getting through airports, getting a sky captain, you know, to help us because oh, yeah. we, we, you know, mm-hmm. and keeping everybody together. And we're talking about some fairly young kids, Yeah. you know, so, but I just remember that, that first moment when we got to Sky Harbor airport and we were sitting there. A couple hours before the flight. And you realize you'd forgotten Kevin. Oh, wait, no, that's a different, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't have a Kevin, so. Oh, okay. That was actually a relief that we didn't have a Kevin. Oh, okay, good. You know, just looking around and everybody was having fun. And, you know, through that whole trip, there weren't any sibling problems that all families have. Sure. All the kids got along. There wasn't one moment, I think, that we'd, but it heads really no Mm-mm. and and the house was so big and the, and there was so much to do that you know you weren't on top of each other and everybody was you know you know a couple people would be down snorkeling and a couple people would be you know playing you know in the game room resting. or you know laying down or you know in the room trying to not get frostbite you know in in the boys room <laughs> and with aloe slathered just the, the the stories yeah. of you know, the, the yellow bus and the blue bus and going to Mount Gay Distillery. And it, they're the just safari it, trip. Yeah. The uh, Jeep the trip. Jeep trip yeah. The Jeep trip and the baby monkeys. And oh, yeah. there's just so many things with that. But the elusive ghost turtle in Jocelyn and Marie's room. Ooh, yeah. That was yeah. tough. Yeah. There's uh, actually, you'll see that picture coming up on the outdated electronic frame. Ooh. that I keep getting shit for. <laughs> I love that thing. I'm sorry. I think so, it's right. <laughs> so anyway, no, and, and that's, that's absolutely, you know, just one of those trips that, you know, as much as everybody would love to go back to Barbados, we never can recreate that one. Right. right. You know. No, you it, just it take just, a different trip somewhere else. And everything. Or there again. but Everything worked. And, yeah. yeah, it'll never be that. And so, uh, yeah. Cool. I think that's, that's some pretty good moments. Man, I think we covered some we came up great with. moments. I mean, again, I apologize. I didn't mean to, you know, slam that last one down and, 
and kind of upstage everybody. I know. Yeah. The three bullseyes. I mean, it was bad enough when you were hitting trees in the woods Yeah, with a Frisbee, (laughs) but but now he's nailing, you know, three bullseyes. I mean, in one podcast, I took down, you know, dirty flagstaff hippies and, you know, Scottsdale, Scottsdale, you know, bar fly douchebags. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Sorry, Alex. Dartsters. Agenda. The hidden agenda. Hey, I mean, it's. It was, it was inadvertent. I don't set out to do such things. It's no cycle, no hitter, bro. No. Yeah, in the same game. Same game. And you led with the... Yeah. Yeah, led with the haymaker. Yeah, you did. Yeah, they think Otani's something good. (laughs) No, you were dead years ago you were doing that stuff. Hey, I taught him what he knows. Well, that was was good. That was cathartic for me as well. I feel like I really, you know, got something off my chest. Well, you know, got some of those fantastic moments out there. (laughs) That's true. Right. I'd been bearing the burden of those all myself. Now people yeah. are aware of how amazing you are. <laughs> well, he's not competitive, but he just really wants to win and be really good at everything. I want to beat everybody all the time, <laughs> which again, we've mentioned it off the mics, but since, you know, young Zachary just got back, he, he humbled me recently in ping pong. So, well, you know, I watched the, the other day when I was there, um, supposedly two of the better players and I was embarrassed for you. Actually, it's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm not very good. Yeah. I don't ever play, but I'm better than everyone else that I work with. Yeah. Well, that's something. <laughs> you have you know? to smoke weed to be good at ping pong. That's true. That is absolutely true. And yeah. uh, same fact. same thing with disc golf, apparently. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. You just have to drink beer to, to hit darts. Yeah. Darts yeah. is a drinking game. Yeah. Totally. Without a doubt. Okay. Well, thanks, guys, for uh, sharing some moments with us. Thanks for having me again. And uh, this was fun. Yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for the you know the Amazon thing that's still going. That yeah, so to absolutely, come. guys. Click through the uh, the banner and and buy just a bunch of stuff. Yeah, just You'll go to the as you can. Dot com. Yeah, it's thejubitake.com. Right? Thejubitake.com. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. No, oh, and I I know that we went over a little bit, guys, on this one, and you know I apologize for that. Yeah, sorry, Marie. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? They were Barbados stories. I think she can handle it. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I'm sure she'll like it. And if you guys want more stories, there's going to be more perspectives later. Good. Dang. Yeah. Oh, well. Oops. Good night, everybody. Good night, guys. Today, we're sending out a call for you to come.
Come and join our wedding. Gotta do everything that we can.